I think it's the first time that we merge something so visually big, not for a major release, but previous to that release. It has been super long since we revamped the UI. That's actually one of the reasons that we did it, is that it was a little bit outdated. Uh, some of the UI trends or UI good practices uh, were not no longer applied. Uh, or relevant, and so I think it was kind of time to do a little bit of a freshening. One of the big changes we did, which not everybody notices, at least consciously, is that we made the font bigger. You can now reorganize the icons as you like, as a user. So basically, we didn't add a lot of features to the automation, so we added a little bit of stuff, of course, but what we did was make it way simpler to use. Welcome back to Planet Odoo. This week, we are continuing our roadmap marathon by exploring the tech improvements expected for Odoo 17. We are joined by Damien Bouvy, product owner at Odoo, to discuss the major changes that are coming to the platform. This includes a complete revamp of the interface, an enhanced user experience, and new features to improve the solution. These are some big changes, and we are excited to share them with you. So whether you're a current Odoo user or you're just getting started, this episode is for you. Ready? Let's dive in. Hello, Damien. Hello, Olivier. So today is a very broad episode, actually, because it's the tech roadmap. What, what is the tech roadmap? What are we going to talk about? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, we, we saw each other a few days ago to discuss a little bit of what we were uh, going to talk about. Obviously, yeah, we, can't talk about, yeah, I, I <laughs> we can't talk about... Yeah, We can't talk about everything because it's either way too much or it's either way too technical. And I mean, I, I like uh, Python and XML as much as anyone, but I don't think describing describing uh, XML attributes online is going to be is going to be fine. Come on, that would be kind of experimental, you know, <laughs> reading each of, of, of each, each attribute of an XML file in a podcast like this, yeah, like ASMR style. That would be something, I think. I, I, it depends if you want to keep your listeners or not. Oh, come on, we'll try it on <laughs> Twitch someday. Uh, so, uh, what is your expertise exactly? So you're a product owner, and so what are the things we're going to discuss today? Um, I'm a product owner indeed, but I have somewhat of a bit of a special position in the POs because I'm more on the technical side. Uh, I still have one feed in the functional side with uh, with eSign, for example, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, what I usually work on is the frameworks, mm -hmm. both of them, so either the web uh, let's say the backend uh, framework uh, with the Python uh, ORM and stuff like this, the HTTP stack, or the web framework, so the front-end framework, uh, which is the all-built um, uh, framework. So everything you see in the web client. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And today, I think we're mostly going to talk about that because it's usually the most visible stuff. And in that uh, area in the in the crossing of that area actually is also a studio which mm -hmm. is kind of technical kind of functional but really interesting to manage actually sure sure there are of course always tons of topics that we don't talk about in roadmaps like that and we're going to focus on the big things talking about big things uh ui so user interface because uh, i know it already so i'm spoiling it a little bit a little bit but uh there is a big change coming for that in 2017. I'm not even sure you're spoiling it because we actually released in yeah. on the SaaS two months ago. It's been ago. <laughs> a few months ago with Command and people maybe don't know about it. Uh. It's Actually, it's quite, I think it's the first time that we've merged something so visually big, not for a major release, but <laughs> previous that, to that release. The day just before the release. Exactly. Yeah. Usually we merge that on like the five, the 5th of October uh, when the release in, is on the 7th. Here we had a few months uh, of, of advanced time. Mm -hmm. But um, here it's a full revamp of the interface. It hasn't occurred since Odoo version 9, I think. 
version 9, I think there was also in version 10 uh, like some sort of improvement of what was done in 9 because what was done in 9 was done in a hurry. I mean, 9 is a, it's like a nightmare we all had together, I think. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it has been super long since we revamped the UI. That's actually one of the reasons that we did it is that it was a little bit outdated uh, some of the UI trends or UI, uh, let's say, um, good practices uh, mm -hmm. were not no longer applied uh, or relevant. And so I think it was kind of time to do a little bit of a freshening. Mm -hmm. And uh, globally speaking, so of course you, you won't be able to show it, so uh, I don't ask you to describe each and every button that, <laughs> that are in the, in the screen. Uh, that will be for, for Twitch as well. Um, but uh, what changes? Uh, what, what are the, the key things that, that changed in the, in the UI now? So uh, maybe the name of this new UI? Uh, it was an internal name, but I think it's kind of uh, caught on. We call it Milk uh, okay. because it very white mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the one of the reason it got so white I, I, it's that we wanted to put the focus on the content and what you're working on so we wanted to kind of have the rest of the interface be less in your face be less distracting uh, and we wanted to make it more readable so that's also why for example one of the big change we did which not everybody notices uh, at least consciously, is that we made the font bigger. Mm -hmm. it, it seems like a stupid change. We I think we moved from like 12 to 14 or 14 to 16. I don't remember the number exactly. Um, but it actually changes a lot because everything gets a little bit bigger. So you have to like squeeze some stuff to make room for the content because again, that's what we want to you to see is basically if you're working on a task or on a sales order or on the CRM, we want you to see what you have on the record and um, the discussion that you yeah, have. The focus shouldn't be on the menu bar on top. Exactly. Of and, and in the past, it was kind of that because if you look at what was in color in, in, the, in the previous... Um, Team, it the was menu bar. it was the menu bar which was the most visible. <laughs> so no more purple bar. No more purple bar, and it's actually it's kind of interesting because um, when we when I saw the first mockups, um, it was kind of weird to see this purple fade away because it's been part of our identity for so long. I that totally agree. That was my, my first reaction as well. It was like, oh, oh, but it's gone. Where is it? Exactly. We lost a little bit. <laughs> I think uh, I think we lost a little bit of brand identity or in your face brand identity, maybe uh, something that was a little bit too visible in my opinion. We still have it and we still have the, the Odoo It used to be pink, now let's call it, I don't know, mauve or purple. <laughs> um, we still have it in the main buttons and in, in different uh, places, but it's much, much more subtle, mm -hmm. which I think is fine because, as I said, the focus is on the content and sure, brand awareness is cool and we still want it, but I don't think it should be as obvious. Yeah, of course, the brand awareness is fine, but at the end of the day, what you want is a usable software, not uh, an advertency on the, on the screen. Exactly. The user. exactly. Um, maybe... Also the icons, so there are changes with the icons, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny story because the icons uh, are kind of, the, it was the, the crux of the debate uh, internally. Okay. No matter which version we showed to like users or key participants in the, in the design, nobody liked them. Or at least at every time somebody did not like them. And uh, it was difficult to, let's say, make the difference between like, just simple rejection of change. Mm -hmm. Like, I preferred the way it was before mm -hmm. uh, versus, okay, there is really a problem with the icons. Maybe they're too difficult to 
to distinguish or something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually one of the feedback we got the most, uh, even after we, we finished the redesign and merged it uh, and started using it internally. I think I received a few feedback saying, I don't like the new icons and nothing more. When you get feedbacks like that, usually you know that you don't have to do something uh, or anything about it because, well, it's not construct- constructive criticism. It's yeah, just like a knee-jerk reaction of, oh, it was better before. Yeah, it's just a matter of taste and you're saying, oh, I don't like it, but uh, you're not you're not thinking about the why, you're not liking it. And exactly. And um, we have uh, another funny story about the icons, uh, and I, I'm not sure if Fabien, I, I know that he spoke about it a little bit internally, but that uh, in the end, the version we chose, I think he tested it with his children. He experiment on his children. He <laughs> does that quite often, actually. It's come up a few times in, in internal trainings or stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And he uh, asked them to match the name of the apps with the icon, and they basically got everything right, mm-hmm. which was like not the best test, but a simple and good and kind of funny test to yeah, see I mean, that, okay, they make sense, people will find them. Mm-hmm. And in in other areas also, we made it somewhat easier and less necessary to distinguish uh, the icons. Um, for, example. for example, what we made for a version uh, 17, but I think it was actually merging 16.4, is that you can now reorganize the icons as you like as a user. So you can have the icons in the order you want. I can have them in another order. Basically, yeah, like the iPhone on screen. Or like on your mobile phone. Exactly. Talking about mobile phones. <laughs> <laughs> what can you tell us? Is there something new on, on the mobile side of things? Um, yes, um, it's kind of a big step uh, in 17 that we did is that we we are switching away from, let's say, I, I wouldn't call them n- native mobile apps because they're not really native. They're basically just a wrapper around the website. Mm-hmm. But we publish them on the Google Play Store and the Apple uh, iTunes Store or App Store. Um, and now we're moving away from that to a technology that is called Progressive Web Apps or PWAs for those in the know. Um, and the idea behind that is that instead of having to go through a publisher and to validate all the updates with them and then have back and forth conversation with kind of stupid stupid uh, publisher rules, uh, now you just have to make a website, tweak it a little bit so that the browser can recognize that it's more than just a simple website, it's more like an app. Mm-hmm. And then your OS, so either iOS or Android or Windows does it as well, will suggest to you, hey, actually this website, you can install it as an app, just click there and you will get offline notifications, you will get it, the app in your um, dock or the Windows taskbar as any other app. And mm-hmm. then you can install it if you want, it really behaves like a native app. And just to be clear, uh, the the apps that were in the app store, so they will totally disappear? <laughs> like right away? No, not right away. Um, clearly, we have like an interest in keep in staying there because there is some kind of visibility to being there. Mm-hmm. The problem we have is that um, Apple is really difficult to work with. Uh, actually, we had to make some changes specifically for them. For example, if you open the, the iOS app, instead of having a grid of icons, you will have a list of apps because they don't want you to put a grid of icons because it looks too much like uh, their home screen or so they say. It's, okay. it's kind of weird, but um, I mean, they kind of take their users for 
a bit of like limited <laughs> mentally. I don't know, but uh, that's a, an actual rule we had to abide by. And okay. actually, that's one of the main pros of switching to a progressive web app is that you don't have to take Apple's bullshit anymore, because there is a lot of bullshit in their uh, in their um, iTunes guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had, I think, we had in the past, but now that's been solved. We had issues with. Um, uh, pricing and the fact that you could pay your subscription from the app, from the app, and we didn't use the in-app purchase mechanism of Apple and didn't like they didn't like that at all. I can tell you that, <laughs> and we had to send a lot of uh, back and forth emails. And right now, the problem we have is that Apple doesn't want any apps published on the App Store that uh, basically where the most most of the code comes from somewhere else than the app package itself. Mm-hmm. But that's what Odoo does because obviously your server is hosted maybe not even on our cloud. Um, and so it can be hosted anywhere. You can have any kind of GS code for customizations. And so it's basically impossible to package all the, GVS, the, the JavaScript code yeah, in the app. Actually, from, from the way you describe it, it sounds like the kind of things, the kind of tasks that progressive web apps were designed to do, actually. Exactly. And... Uh, and um, in fact, we haven't been able to update, uh, I, I don't know if it is publicly known, but maybe it's a scoop, I don't know. Uh, we haven't been able to update the App Store app for nearly two years, I think, because they want us to abide by this rule, but we obviously cannot. It's a technical impossibility. And so at some point, indeed, these apps will get unpublished simply for, I think, for the simple reason that we're not updating them anymore. And Apple from time to time will tell you, okay, you haven't updated your app in three or four years. We will unpublish it for you. Mm-hmm. And we won't have any way to appeal to that, I think, or maybe we will for a few months, but at some point they will win anyway. Okay. So yeah, the apps will leave the, the stores at some point. We don't want that because I f- we think it's a good way to also get visibility. Uh, if you look on the app store and you find Odoo, it's always reconforting to know that your app exists. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's not going to be there forever. Okay. Okay. Uh, moving on uh, to maybe some more inter- framework internal things, back-end side things. Uh, you told me there were new things coming from for automation. So maybe we can start recalling what automations are. Yeah, uh, so automations is basically a way for you to customize some workflows. So for example, if you work in, in project and CRM are usually the good examples, uh, a good example for that. Uh, let's say you have um, project management stages uh, and so you may want uh, an email to get sent when a task is marked as done, for example, or when a task arrives in the project. Or you may want to, um, I don't know, maybe assign the task to someone specific mm-hmm. if some VIP tag is added on the task, stuff mm-hmm. like this. And well, how did you do that? Huh? In the past, you had to first switch to the developer mode, which is always a, uh, which is always a bit scary for uh, normal <laughs> users. It's like for mere mortals. Yeah, we, okay. we ask you to go behind the scenes, but you don't really know your way around. So it's kind of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, a bit. Uh, impressive. And then you had to go into techn- technical menus, configure some domain, which again, if you're not technical, you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. But mm-hmm. if you are, then you already know that it's probably too technical for the normal people. <laughs> and you had to configure all of that in a very complicated way. What we try to do here is that basically we 
didn't add a lot of features to the automations. Uh, we added a little bit of stuff, of course, but what we did was make it way simpler to use. Mm -hmm. And it began by making it accessible through something else than a technical menu in the developer mode. Now, if you have basically any Kanban uh, view, you can simply click on the configuration icon for a column and you will have an entry point to get the automations. Once you do that, we try to detect in what uh, state you were when you did that. So for example, if you click on the on the automations menu for the um, done stage of your project, let's say, then we will say, okay, if you create an automation now, it probably means that you want it to happen when the stage is switched to that done mm -hmm. state. And so it will be pre-configured for you. You can change everything, of course, and it will even be named for you, for example, okay, stuff so like this. We really try to make it... Uh to, to, to avoid the configuration steps as much as possible and pre-fill things. Exactly, because when you have to say to people, you have to select the model on which the automation works, it's what already not clear. Yeah. It's already not clear. <laughs> For us it is. But, uh. <laughs> exactly. And so all that is usually pre-configured and then we tried also to make the actions themselves way clearer. So for example, if you say, I want to send an email when this happens, um, in the past you had to like, really understand the difference between sending an email, posting a message and posting a note. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're even internally, sometimes it's not clear to all developers. So for non-developers, it's really not clear. Yeah, and that's something you need to learn. But indeed, uh, I personally use Odoo in a bunch of personal projects and um, and I had to explain that to people every time. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so instead of having to like this choice without any context, now we try to add some context to explain to you. Here's If you select that, here's what will happen exactly. Um, and so that's the kind of stuff that we did. Uh, hide some stuff that was kind of useless for normal people, leave it in the developer mode and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, still on the backend side, uh, there are things changing from the search, actually big things, because uh, it's something you notice in the UI. I mean, the first time I saw it, again, like, like for the purple bar, it was like, whoa, what is that? Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting change as well. Um, so in the past, you had, like, we called it an advanced search. You had a drop-down menu where you could select a field, let's say, for example, I want the customer of my task to contain this kind of, um, of string in, in its name, mm -hmm. but it was not that advanced. Uh, and actually, if you really wanted to do something advanced, for example, saying I want to see all the tasks where the customer is based in France, mm -hmm. um, you had to write it technically. So you had to go into, again, a developer menu, go to the filters, write a domain, which uh, for mere mortals is complicated or even magic. Um, and now what we decided to do was, okay, if you want to do an advanced search, we will allow you to li literally traverse what we call traversing relations. So mm -hmm. you can ask for the country of the customer, of the project, of the task to have some kind of mm, attribute. It's traversing because every time it's accessing a new model that is linked exactly. to previous ones and accessing a new field. On this you're model, moving so through the database, mm -hmm. you're moving through models to get the property that you want. And we've also made it so that these searches should be more efficient. For example, in the past, most of these searches were text-based. But if you have a five or six million customers, doing a text search can be really slow. Mm -hmm. And now instead of doing that, we suggest, instead of using text, text searches, to really define a clear data set so you can select a customer, a specific country, a specific whatever, but not just te text searches. You can still do them, of course. We didn't remove any options, but we made them efficient by mm -hmm. default. Also for translated values, it was a bit... Uh... Yeah, for example, if you search uh, all, the, all the customers that uh, have the country 
Belgique. I'm sorry, I'm switching to French, uh, the French accent, as I said. <laughs> uh, and someone else is working in English in the same database, your filter will not work because it will not be called Belgique. Because it, will, it, will it will be, be Belgium, of course, so not Belgique. Yeah. And so this solves these kind of issues. But of course, we had to really walk a fine line between making it more powerful and making it too complex for users to use. And that's, I mean, that's where usually I come in and, and Fabien also kind of uh, intervenes a lot in, in the, those ideas. But uh, yeah, it's a fine line to walk. And here, I think it was clearly way too simple in the past. We moved the cursor a bit towards complexity and powerfulness. We'll see, of course, with usage if it's maybe too complex. I don't think it is, but uh, sometimes you have the curse of knowledge and you don't <laughs> always kind of can um, expect what your users will do with the new tools you mm -hmm. give them. Mm -hmm. Talking about tools given to the users, uh, we changed some things for approvals as well. So that's, again, a confidential feature that not everybody knew about. So what is it? I wouldn't say it's confidential. I would just say it's kind of More discreet. More confidential than the advanced search. Come on. Uh. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> way less used. And it was actually by design. Um, so the story of approvals is that uh, what you can do with Studio is select a button. For example, the um, confirm button on the sales order or the post button on the invoice. And you can say, okay, I want this button to be validated by someone else before someone can click them. So for example, I can only validate invoices if Olivier, which is the uh, CFO of the company, uh, oh. gives me the, the approval to do so. Mm -hmm. And you can make them conditional. For example, you can say, okay, but if it's an invoice for more than 10K, then I need two approvals because it's kind of sensitive. And this, ex this has existed for, I think, two years now. And we initially developed it with the idea that it would remain a corner case um, because our point of view is that if it's a really small company, usually trust is enough. And if it's a middle company, maybe they will want to use that. And if it's a big company, this tool will be useless because they will want something more complicated with mm -hmm. like multi-steps approval and stuff like mm -hmm. this. And I guess something maybe too specific per company. That was that was our reasoning. Yeah. Uh, what we've seen, in fact, is that while we thought it would be really a small corner case, is that it's now become used by way bigger companies than we thought. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that this limitation, this approval flow, was since it was meant like kind of a really limited feature, was not fully secure. If you had uh, smart asses in your user base, they could bypass it um, if they knew how to do it. And what we've made now is that these approvals are now completely locked on the server uh, and, and actually checked for each call. So there's no way to bypass them anymore. Mm -hmm. And we've also added quite a few features to kind of allow multi-step approvals without doing anything too complicated. And we also allow users to configure people to be notified about these, not these uh, approval requests. For example, if uh, the CFO Olivier is on holiday, I might want to still notify someone else that can jump in for him and validate uh, to avoid locking everything up mm -hmm. in the company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a bit more feature and more secure so everybody can use it. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I honestly still think that it's probably not needed when people ask for it. And actually, that's what I tell a lot of functional consultants uh, when they come back to me talking about that. It's like, are you sure your your customer cannot trust their five employees? <laughs> <laughs> that raises a lot of questions, actually. <laughs> exactly. But still, even in, in medium and sometimes large-sized companies, they want to use that, which mm -hmm. took us by surprise, but so we had to focus a little bit more on that for V17. Mm -hmm. Now, we... We are reaching the end of the of the episode, but there's something you mentioned at the beginning. You were talking about Studio, uh, and you didn't tell, tell, tell us anything about it yet. So, 
Is there something with Studio you can tell us? Oh, there's a lot of uh, things with Studio. We have a lot of small details. And in fact, the automations also kind of uh, get interfaced with Studio. And one of the big new stuff that's also coming for V17 is the integration with website. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever used Studio, you know that the, the demo data or the demo flow we kind of suggest when you use it is uh, the management of real estate properties that you may want to sell. Mm-hmm which is a good example until you think about website publishing. Because in the past, you could, okay, manage your real estate properties, but you could never show them online, which is kind of counterintuitive. Now we will allow users to generate automated web pages and listing pages. So Mm -hmm. for example, you will be able to see a list of all the uh, items you created through a custom model on Studio um, on the web page, on the website, and then you will have the possibility to um, visit a page for each of these um, records. And what we did, of course, was try to, we tried to use sensible defaults. So for example, if you configure a price on the, um, on the, a price field on the record, on mm-hmm. the model, we will include it in the page, stuff like this. If you have set an image, we will also display it on the website. Then, of course, after that, if you want to customize it a bit more, you have to know your way around uh, XML and the Odoo framework a little bit. As but usual. Yeah, as usual, if you want to take things further, you will need some technical expertise or someone to do it for you. But we try to make it usable by normal people and to have sensible defaults. Okay, so that's so the idea. More powerful tools and less less work for developers. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. We all, we did a lot of that in Studio actually this year. A lot of mm-hmm. small details to give more power to normal users, so you have more a lot more options on fields and stuff like this. These are more details, so we won't go into 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 them now. But yeah, for the first time in three years, we've a lot to show for Studio because a lot of the time before was used to refactor stuff. We switched uh, JavaScript frameworks, and it took actually up until four months ago to finish all that work. And now we're nearly done, and we again could introduce new features, which is a really good feeling. Cool. <laughs> Cool, cool. And I guess people interested by that will just have to come to other experience or attend the talks. Indeed, we have several talks planned. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't remember which one I'll be giving, but I think there are four or five talks about new studio features and new framework features uh, mm-hmm. that will be mm-hmm. given. So it's the end of the episode. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, it was really quick. I mean, Maybe can you in, give us... In this case, it's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> can you give us a conclusion, uh, as a conclusion, uh, a glimpse at the future? Are there things you know uh, that you're going to work on uh, for Odoo 18 or, or later and that you can tell us now? It's a, it's a difficult question. And we of talked course about it, it. That's uh, why I'm here for. We talked about it a little bit uh, a few days ago. But the fact is that if we had really interesting features planned for V18, we would have actually done them for V17. <laughs> because that's where we roll here. We don't do a lot of long-term planning. If we have a good idea, we do it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the focus will stay the same on the technical um, aspect is that we want to improve performance. For example, what we did this year was in the past when we did performance improvements, they were usually isolated to either the backend or the front-end framework. Here, this year, we've really worked, uh, The bo- both team worked together to improve performance from like an integration point of view. So the client will optimize a little bit the queries it makes to the uh, server and the server knows what the client will usually ask and can again uh, optimize stuff so that things are faster and you don't have to to do as many um, uh, network requests Mm -hmm. to get the information you need. And I think we'll keep going in that way probably. So that would be the the final word. Odoo will be 
blazing faster than before. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of become a meme at this point, but yeah, that's yeah, the that's idea. That's why I'm saying it, you know, you have to, it's a tradition. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, Damien, thank you for your answers. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, man, my pleasure. <laughs> that's all for this sneak peek of the main tech features and changes coming for 17. If you're eager to learn more, I recommend you check out other roadmap episodes which cover everything from our accounting to human resources modules. But keep in mind that this is just a small taste of what's to come. To discover all about Odoo 17 and meet the community, be sure to attend Odoo Experience in November. I hope to see you there. Until then, see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>